0: Good morning, Praise Center. It is my honor once again and privilege to be able to speak the Word of God with you all today. Pastor Agus and Lilian, thank you so much for for once again this chance to speak. I know that that in this platform, um, you know, of course, this is not the best platform. I wish I could actually be with you physically. But hopefully by next year when things open up, I can go visit you and see you all But uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity to be able to share. And of course, uh, Edwin and Ruth and uh, Bill and Grace, Becca, grandkids, and the team there uh, of uh, Praise Center, once again, uh, an an honor for me to preach the Word of God for for all of us today. Let's begin with a word of prayer as we dive into the scripture uh, this morning. Father in heaven, thank you that you are the God of hope, and I thank you, Lord God, that even though scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But Lord, I thank you, God, that you can take whatever situation that we find ourselves in, oh God, and impart faith and hope and life to us today. And so Father in heaven, I invite you here. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say a big amen. It's been uh, tough uh, the last year or so, I think the last 18 months for all of us. And this is not just some local uh, crisis, but this is a global crisis that we're all uh, going through. For me personally in particular, the last two weeks has been difficult for me, uh, for my family. Uh, My family uh, went through grieving. Actually, we're still grieving today. My father passed away uh, about a week ago. That's That's been hard. That's been difficult. But the grace of God is sustaining me and and when Pastor Agus invited me to preach here today, I felt like I, I, I needed to preach the Word of God because this is my call and this is I feel God was going to minister to me as I ministered to you. And, uh, and here as a nation, this is our third lockdown uh, already. And uh, the cases due to the Delta variant has uh, been spreading quickly here in our nation. So they, the government had to once again uh, uh, lock down um, uh, the city, and, and so people are not allowed to go out, and businesses are affected. And I do have a small group that I meet every week, and they've been so affected. And some of them are really discouraged. Some of them are 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 hopeless, and some of them are actually disillusioned. And and so and so it's been it's been tough for for all of us uh, in, during this time. But I do believe that there's, a, there's an end to all of this and and we, all we have to do is to be patient and wait on the Lord and allow God to speak to us even in the midst of this trying times. You know, I, I heard I heard that people say, I heard somebody say actually that what we're going through, yes, we, we're going through the, the COVID uh, pandemic, but what is even more serious is what they call the pandemic of hopelessness. And there's so much mental Cases and the rise of depression in our in our time because of the combination of uh, the threat of death and the 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 inability to be able to go out and interact with people. I think that brings so much uh, uh, stress in in the lives of people. And we're not immune to that, even as believers. We're, we're, we're all going through this, this same thing. So my prayer for this morning is that God would take us in places of disappointment, in places of disillusionment, and bring us to a place of health. And so this morning, we're going to look at the passage, actually a f- very familiar passage in Scripture, that actually highlights the, the greatest event in history, that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we're not going to talk about, that per se, but we're going to look at two individuals that were actually unknowns, and we're going to look at them and see how Jesus actually journeyed with these two individuals and brought them back to a place of health. And I pray that that as we discuss this, as we we dive into scripture, my prayer that God would take us as well into this journey so that we may find health, healing, and restoration in our walk. With God. Now, I'd like to read uh, Luke 24, uh, 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 a couple of verses here for our passage today, but I'd like to read the book ends of the, the narrative that I'm going to be going through today. I'm going to start in Luke 24, verse 13. And it says here, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And then let me read verse 33, okay? The ends of this passage that we're going to look at. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together. So we're going to look at the journey of a man by the name of Cleopas and his friend. And we're going to see that this, this uh, situation where Jesus had just resurrected, but they did not believe it. They were distraught. They were discouraged. They were leaving Jerusalem, and they were going to a place called Emmaus, and we're going to look from Scripture that they were actually they were actually hopeless. And many times we find ourselves in a journey because we felt just a little bit of disappointment, and, and sometimes without us knowing, we can subtly uh, leave places of purpose. And, and so and so, you see, Cleopas, they were leaving and going to Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. But later on, towards the end, they found themselves returning to Jerusalem. Question What happened to them? We all know later on that they were leaving because of their disappointment. But what happened? What did Jesus do to them in order for them to actually go back to a place of health, to a place of healing, to a place where they can actually thrive? So let's dive into the scriptures and, and look at verse 15. Of this story, now in verse fifteen, as they talk and discussed these things to each other, so the two of them they were walking out of Jerusalem and they were going to a place of Emmaus. Then Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them. In verse sixteen, but it says it, but they were kept from recognizing Him. I love the scripture here because it says that Jesus Himself uh, was came up. And walk along with them. That, that's freaky to me. That's uh, that's that's a bit scary. Can you imagine walking with a friend? You're having this conversation, and out of nowhere, Jesus begins to show up right there and says, "Jesus Himself followed them." Now you have to understand: going Jerusalem was a place of action. It was a place where 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 it's a place of purpose. I would call it the place of purpose, the place of action. But this too, they were leaving that and they were going to a different direction. They were going to Emmaus. But Jesus, take no. Jesus himself went and followed them. In other words, Jesus chased them. We all, as believers, we all have our journey with God. And, and, and many times we find ourselves going a direction that, that's not necessarily God. But I love it because Jesus himself went out of his way after the resurrection... Of all the things that Jesus could actually do, he went forth to, to this individual that were nobodies, at least they were not in the high level of the the, the, the group of men that Jesus disciples. They were they were just ordinary in a sense, just, just like all of us. But Jesus chased them. Jesus went after them and chased them. Jesus knew what they were going through. Let me just encourage all of us here today. And sometimes we feel, well, Jesus actually care what I'm actually feeling. But based from this story, Jesus himself came and actually chased them and walked along with them. And I'm reminded of Psalm 23, verse 6 in the message version. It says here, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. I love that how the scripture talks about that. His his beauty his love and faithfulness run after me, chase me, his beauty and his love chase me. I love the idea that Jesus himself chases us. I love the fact that that Jesus himself comes after us. And so that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was actually going after them because he knew what was going inside of them. But it says here that they did not recognize Jesus. How many how many here? recognize Jesus in our situation today. And sometimes we find ourselves clueless. We find ourselves not knowing how to make sense with things that's happening. This COVID-19, what's happening? We don't recognize Jesus. And sometimes the path that we're going through, we don't recognize him. You know, I was talking to my family because uh, my, my, my father passed away. Some of the fa- family members were saying, why? They don't recognize Jesus. Anybody here? recognize Jesus or maybe don't recognize Jesus and what he's actually doing in our life even right now maybe we're asking the question God where are you what are you up to and so and so Jesus was walking there and that let's let's pick up in verse 17 he asked them now Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast and one of them, by the name of Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that has happened this this there this past few days? I, I, I love it. Jesus was asking a question as if he did not know the answer. You know, sometimes when Jesus would ask us questions, he asked questions of us, not because he doesn't know the answer, but he wants to draw things out from us. And so Jesus asked the question, and when, they, when he asked the question, the Bible said they, their faces, they were downcast. They, they they stood still and their faces downcast. In other words, they were distraught. They were discouraged. They were hopeless. And so I don't know maybe the reason why they were, they were downcast too because they probably looked at him. Who are you? What planet did you come from? I mean, why ask questions like this? Pretty obvious. Haven't you read the Jerusalem Post? Haven't you read the, the front pages that this Jesus died? I mean... I mean, it, it was like a silly question to them, and so that's why they were asking. Don't you know the things that that has happened uh, to 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 all this news, this all this this thing that is that is um, a, a major thing to us? And it, they were discouraged, they were downcast, and then Jesus began to to um, uh, uh, ask even deeper. And notice as we look at this next verses that we're going to read, verses 19 to 23, this verses here reveal the anguish and the pain of Cleopas and his friend. And I want you to look, uh, hear, me, hear me clearly as we read the, the passage here. And Jesus asked, what things? He asked, how about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And... The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hope. You find here, they had hope that he was the one going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Now, I don't know about you. When I when I read scripture, sometimes I can just breeze through the scripture, but not feel what was really going on here. Now, if, if you look at this casually, and, and you can just actually enjoy the story, but let me paraphrase it for you and, and actually see and actually experience the emotion of Cleopas and his friend, when they were recounting this to Jesus, you know, let, let me just put it this way: Jesus, you know, he was a he he was powerful. He was he was a prophet. We we hoped that he was going to redeem Israel, but you know what? Oh gosh, do you know the priests, the chief priests? They even sentenced him to death. They handed him over to death. And the chief priests, we were they were supposed to be the people that we trusted. They were the, supposed to be the people that that protected the law but not you know they didn't do it they handed this Jesus that we had hoped to be the one who would save and redeem Israel and then guess what the women oh gosh the women you know what they made up stories I think they're making up stories that they went to the tomb this morning and they said he wasn't there they said that he was alive and you know, we could not take it anymore. We, we we just could not take with all this compounded mental fatigue that we're going through, what was happening to them. They were disillusioned, they were disappointed. Many times in our lives, we find ourselves we experiencing wave upon wave upon wave of discouragement, disappointment, and Disillusionment, and so you know I, I got so um, interested with the word uh, being disillusioned and by definition, uh, being disillusioned basically means a feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one be- as as one uh, believed it to be. Okay, so so we all know about disappointments. Uh, we we have experienced disappointment. In fact. Uh, next week, we, my family and I, actually booked a uh, uh, an Airbnb to go to the beach, and we we were looking forward to it. We fully paid it. My whole family were gonna. It's my first time to actually swim in the beach with my grandkids. But guess what? All this lockdowns, all this you know uh, uh, protocols. All of a sudden, it was moved. We can't actually go. Now that was a disappointment, and and that's just. You know, that's just small. That is just, uh, uh, you know, compared to what people are going through. But that's disappointment. We all know disappointment. People have made plans about their business. People have made plans about their family, vacations, or, or people have dreams. And people, you know, feel disappointment and disillusionment. But let me give you another definition of, of disillusionment. Disillusionment can actually also mean, that to be freed from false beliefs or illusions. Hmm, I love that. Let me re- read that again. Disillusionment can actually believe, the other definition of disillusionment actually means being freed from false beliefs or illusions. It is, what it basically means, it is the tearing away of our illusions. So if you're going through a disillusionment, it can actually mean it is the tearing away of our illusions. Now, an illusion basically means is a thing that is wrongly perceived or or having a false idea or belief. Okay, so you get the definition. I love that. And so when we experience disillusionment, sometimes it means it's a tearing away or, or a breaking down of wrongly perceived ideas. And so Cleopas... Going back to the story of Cleopas and many other disciples, actually, even even Peter uh, had a false idea of the Messiah. Uh, the disciples thought that Jesus was going to be a political king. Remember that they wanted to make him king by force because they were all under Roman rule, and they were looking for a savior. And the idea that they have as a savior was to deliver them from the Roman uh, Roman from the Roman rule, from the Roman oppressors, oppressors. So they, they, they had this false idea of the Messiah. They had this false idea of a suffering Messiah. Remember, remember Peter when, when Jesus predicted his death? Peter came and rebuked Jesus, not, not you, Jesus. And, Je- and, and Peter had to, rather, Jesus had to rebuke Peter because he had the wrong idea or he had an illusion of who Jesus is or what his purpose was coming here to this earth. You see, Jesus was more than a human king. He was the king and the creator of the universe. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was not just going to redeem Israel, but he was going to redeem humanity. So the perception of Cleopas and much of the disciples was just limited. In fact, they had a limited uh, knowledge of who God is. They had certain illusions. We do have illusions as well. We have illusions of a life without problems. I mean, you know, sometimes when Christians come into the kingdom of God, they think that just because you're a Christian, you won't have any problems. And that's an illusion, a life without problems. Relationship without issues is another illusion. If you are single here and you think that you won't have any problems or disagreement with your spouse, guess what? That's an illusion. Grace, you just got married and you probably found out that that both of you have issues and there's things that you will not agree upon. And sometimes we think we have an illusion too that marriage is, is perfect. You see, no marriage is perfect, you know? And, and another illusion sometimes that we have is that church is perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church, okay? We're all going to be offended in the church. There's going to be some things that people will say that we don't like. There's going to be some things that I will say that you will not like. Another illusion is that, that maybe, you know, I need a perfect job. It's so the we enter a job and we think that everything will just be laid up exactly the way I want it. Guess what? It doesn't happen that way. These are all called illusions. And so many times when God allows us to go through certain disillusionment, what He does is staring away our false beliefs about certain things. You see, disillusionment, can actually leave us cynical, critical, or judgmental of others. But, or on the other hand, our disillusion can actually open our eyes so that we could see things as they really are, yet without the sting of criticism, without the bitterness in our soul and in our hearts. And so, what kind of disillusionment will we take? Are we going to be disillusioned and be bitter? Or are we going to take that the meant that God is actually bringing about in order for us, for, for us to see things as we really are. Let me give you a quote by Oswald Chambers. He said this, Many of the things in life that inflict the greatest injury, grief, or pain stem from the fact that we suffer from illusions. So so, so if, 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 you're, if you're here today and you've been disillusioned today, let me give you some good news disillusionment can sometimes lead us to places of discovery. So if you're here today and you've been disillusioned, it could be an avenue for us to actually discover new things in God. And so let's dive back into the story. So Jesus here, see he was interviewing uh, Cleopas and Cleopas blurts out his disillusionment. And then Jesus in verse 25 and 26 of Luke 24, he said this. He said to them, How foolish you are. Think about that. Will you be discouraged when you get when somebody like Jesus to tell you how foolish you are, how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken? And in verse 26, he said, Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? So he asked this question. What was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to break the illusions that they have about Jesus, about himself. And so Jesus said that the Messiah had to suffer and enter into his glory. They didn't get that. And so he was saying, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. And then Jesus begins to stare away the illusions about himself. And then let's let's go, go back to scripture. Look at verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I, I love that. He Jesus could have actually, you know, just said, Hey, it's me, you know, and could have said, Boom, you don't have to worry, I'm here. I'm I'm present with you today. I you know, hello, I'm here. But he didn't do that, he actually opened the scripture to them. He actually talked about the scripture about himself. I I, 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 I I love that. And then as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on to see if they were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? I I, I love how, how, how Jesus began to minister to them. He started first to tear away the illusions about himself. But how did Jesus do that? How did Jesus bring them back to a place of health? The first thing he did was he used the word of God, the written word, as I mentioned earlier. So look at verse 27 again. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. If we want to grow in our knowledge of God, Or if you want to come to a place of health again, no matter what discouragement, what disappointment, what disillusionment we're all facing, the Word of God would be critical for us. The Word of God will still be the best way for us to come to a place of revitalization, to a place of being revived in Him. But you see, sometimes in our day and age, the Word of God is used to hammer people with with truth to hammer people, instead of finding scripture or going to scripture to actually have a revelation of, of of Him of of Jesus Christ. You see, the purpose of God of the Word of God is not to hammer people with it, but to teach us to love God and love people. You know, you know, um, I'm very prophetic, and a lot of people actually hear God, and, and you know, and and sometimes they can they can. They can be weird, but the Word of God is our boundary. The Word of God is the final authority for everything that we do and say. And so, and so, I, I I love it how Jesus, you know, could have could have ended this doubt and hopelessness of the two by telling them it's me. But he, Jesus was setting up a pattern in, in generations to come on how to know Him, which is. The word of God, the word of God, my friends, is so important because that's where we know him. That's where we get revived in him. God will speak to us through his word. So if we're here today and sometimes you feel like, you know, I feel discouraged. Open the Bible. Growth is not possible without God's word. So God uses the word of God. The second thing that God that God did to bring them back to health was the spoken word. Now, what's the difference? First, he, he he spoke to them through the written word. And then secondly, he spoke to them through the spoken word. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us in verse 32? What he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. You notice there's a combination of Jesus talking with his mouth and the scripture. So there's a a dual thing that's happening. When you open the scripture, God himself speaks to us through his word, but he also whispers to us his secrets. That speaks of relationship. That speaks of, 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 of a God who's personal, who speaks to us. It's a conversation that God does to his people today. You find in the Old Testament that David would inquire of God, specific things from God. Should I attack this? Should I go here? Should I go there? So on with the prophets, so on with Moses, with Abraham. You see in scripture, in, in Paul, the, uh, Philip, the Ethiopian, in, the Ethiopian, uh, in the Ethiopian, you know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself would speak to his people in a way that's personal. And I, I, I really believe God speaks to us through his word when we read the word of God. But there's also moments that God actually whispers to us, when he speaks to us, specific things to us, he tells us secrets. He tells us, son, I love you. So those are moments that actually change us. But let me give you a tip. When God speaks to us through his through his spoken word, he will not nullify or come, or, or how should I say, he will not um, come against the written word. It will always be congruent. But when God speaks, something happens to us. You see, every disillusionment that we encounter, that we experience, can actually be an encounter, be an opportunity to encounter God. Cleopas and his friend, from their disillusionment, encountered God. They encountered the Word, but they also encountered the spoken Word of God when God spoke to them directly and God began to speak to them and whispered to them. Now, as I close this message, Look at verse thirty-one and thirty-two once again. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. Now, why would Jesus disappear? Because I really, I firmly believe that that Jesus was there. Their eyes were open, and then he disappeared. You know why? Because he wanted them to continue to walk by faith. So their eyes were open. And then verse 32, they ask each other, were not our heart burning within us as he talked with us on the road and he opened the scriptures to us? There are two things that happen when, when God begins to speak to us through his word and through his spoken word. One, eyes are open. Very critical that we see things from God's perspective. Very critical that we see Jesus and what he's actually doing. The purpose of our eyes being open is not to find faults in people. And sometimes we think that when our eyes are open, we think that we are like the, the checker of people. But you see, the reason why God opens our eyes so that we can see Jesus and recognize him in the mundane, in the routine. You see, their eyes were open when they were just eating. They ended the, they broke bread. They 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 had fellowship. That's just in the regular routine of life. Question it, Question for all of us. Jesus wants to show Himself, but do you see Him? Do you see Him in the regular routine uh, of, of 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 our lives? Their eyes were open, and so so my prayer is that that God would would really open our eyes to see what's happening here and then secondly what God did to them was that their hearts began to burn you know part of the problem of this pandemic is that is that yes there's mental mental cases mental issues that people are going through depression but for believers you know what can happen sometimes our hearts can become cold our hearts can actually be lukewarm our hearts can actually be hardened and our hearts can actually be wounded But what God did to this too, for Cleopas and his friend, they actually, because of the encounter with Jesus, their hearts began to burn again. If you're here today, and maybe you find yourself in this space, and I pray that God would burn again in our hearts, that our hearts would burn for Him, for His purpose, for His will uh, in our lives. And so going back to the story. So this Cleopas, they were going out in this journey. They were leaving Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place of purpose, was a place of action, was a place where the presence of God was to be. But Jesus himself chased them in order to minister to them. So let's look at verse 33 and 34. They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven. And those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and appeared too, to Simon. What happened to them? They came back to a place of purpose, place of health, place of fire. They went back to community. And if you're here today and sometimes you find yourself drifting, I pray that God would touch us. I pray that His word and he's spoken his written word, and the spoken word would minister to us, which will result in eyes being open and hearts being burned. And they get, they went back to a place of purpose. Amen. Let's bow and pray. Father, in heaven I, I cry to you today. If you're here today and this might be your first time to actually hear The message, I'd like to take this opportunity to pray for us. Maybe you're here, you have certain illusions about Jesus. Or maybe the illusion that that Jesus will not hear you, Jesus will not accept you. But Jesus died on the cross for us he paid a penalty for our sins in order for Him to redeem us to God the Father. Jesus longs for you. And if you're here today, you haven't made that cross to a place of faith, just pray this prayer out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, save me. Reveal yourself to me. Open my eyes I may see you. And let me pray for, for us here this morning. And if you're here today and your heart has been cold, maybe you're in this place of disappointment and disillusionment, ask God the question, is this disillusionment, God's way of tearing away some of the illusions, of false beliefs about God? Or about your situation. Then allow God to. Come and speak to you through his word. And through his whispers. His spoken word. So Father God in the name of Jesus. I pray that you minister to your people today. Uplift their spirits today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer that first prayer crossing the line of faith uh talk to pastor agus and the team that he has he has an excellent team and uh, for those of you that need more prayers uh, pastor agus and his team will be more than willing to pray with you once again thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share the word god bless